You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 37, The Time for Tea, featuring Julia O'Carroll. This episode of Find the Good News is sponsored by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. Check out our work at parkerbrandup.com. I'm really happy to be able to present today's episode with Julia O'Carroll, owner of Tea at Walden. I've tried to apply at least one lesson from each of the good newsies that's visited Find the Good News, and the truth is that Julia's is one of the most tangible. It's something I can literally see, touch, smell, and taste, and I hope you'll enjoy our talk. Next week, the first Find the Good News mixtape episode is finally here. I'm excited about this one, as you can probably tell from my previous announcements. I guess it's because it was a reunion of sorts with some really good people. I don't have contact with many of the guests on the show on a day-to-day level or even month-to-month, so it was nice to see them again and even more fun to have these wonderful folks interact with each other. That episode launches next Wednesday, and it's titled The Pizzeria, so you'll have to tune in to find out why. I've had so many suggestions and leads for new guests on Find the Good News. Every single studio opening I had for May was booked within a few days. That doesn't mean I don't want you to keep leading me down the path to good people doing good works. I'm putting together my June studio schedule this week, so keep the good newsies coming and I'll see if I can get them to come in and share their good news with me on the show. If you'd like to be in the know on who will be speaking with me in the coming months, subscribe to Find the Good News on social media at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I post there regularly, but make sure to pop in often for teasers, guest clips, and news related to the good works of my Find the Good News guests. I can't begin to tell you how good it feels to see so many new people subscribing to the podcast. I'm pushing the good news out to as many platforms as I can. If you have a favorite listening platform, make sure you subscribe to Find the Good News there. And while you're at it, leave a simple rating, review, or just a like. Subscribers, reviews, and ratings are what make it possible for a little show like Find the Good News to remain free. My current advertisers on Find the Good News are on a 12-week episode cycle. Some of those advertisers may be returning, but I currently have an opening slot for another 12-week cycle right now. If you have a business, service, or offering that you'd like to promote through Find the Good News, just send me an email to goodpod at parkerbrandup.com, and I'll help you make that happen. I'm sure, as usual, there's more I could say, but the tea is ready. So settle in, get your ears on, and let's press play on a little good news. Tea. Like many things, it's always felt like there was a layer to uncover. Perhaps I've observed it or read about it but there seemed to be some type of atmosphere around it, an allure that brings people together in the sharing of the little warm cup. Or maybe it's a steeping, the waiting for heated water to bring the dried leaves, flowers, peels, or berries back to life. Whatever magic tea holds, it was obviously present when Julia O'Carroll, the owner of Tea at Walden, came to visit me on Find the Good News. Oddly enough, Julia and I didn't share a cup of tea during her visit, In our sharing, I felt something else brewing. I like to think that from a certain perspective, one might even see our conversation as a type of tea, not one that you can drink or taste, but consumable and comforting nonetheless. Our cup of metaphorical tea contains the ingredients we brought to our visit, our sufferings, tragedies, pains, old regrets, deep fears, with notes of our beautiful hopes and dreams, wonderful wishes for positive change, 
and our personal desires to help others form new habits that will bring them peace and tranquility in a world that celebrates busyness with new fervor every day. The more our ingredients steeped in the waters of our conversation, the more they flowered into a drink that warmed my heart. Julio Carroll wants something very simple and ultimately accomplishable. She wants you to sit with a cup of tea, to give yourself a moment in time to just be with it, to inhale the aroma as the leaves come to life. Through the tea, she wants you to find a space, not unlike Thoreau's cabin at Walden, where you can simply be, reflect, and perhaps get in touch with a part of yourself that can get muddled in the pulling and hauling that's filled with the pings and dings of our lives. Find a quiet place, put on a kettle, cradle a special cup, and pick a tea that appeals to your palate. Let the leaves steep while your ears listen to something good. Wake up, it's morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear the way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. pressure with this this just helps me visually keep track because some people are like i i want to move on and this is a good way for me to let them visually i can go okay they might i like it might be able to yeah yeah because i don't like looking at this thing this thing takes me out of the conversation Mm -hmm. because there's like all these little bars moving up and down and it's timing and lights and i go uh this is easy i might adopt this technique with my tea and talk Oh, because I don't yeah. like to have my phone on the table when I speak, but I, I need to be aware of the time and how hard, the conversation is going. And, and but having the phone there says that you're important now, but something could come up to where you're second. Yeah. And and I didn't. I don't want my guests to feel that that way you just said exactly what i just went through on the telephone that's that encompasses the feeling i get yeah i'm not um it goes back to something that is just becoming more and more of a a thing for me is something i don't want in my life or i want to end is transactional relationships yeah where we feel like it's a quantity that you know and i have this piece i can give you yes and there's a value to that piece 
Um, what and, can I get from you? Yeah. And it's not that I think people are greedy and they want, they're trying mm-hmm. to take. I think it's just become the nature of the way we sort of function, yeah. you know? You're, you're, you're probably pressed for time and you need to, you have this space allotted yeah. to do this task and the person doesn't fall in line with your yeah your schedule exactly and, i uh, tried um you ever done time blocks have you ever tried that yes. method does that work for you it does work i'll start it and then it'll kind of fall away fall away but, i did too um, i thought well this because i was having that issue where i was trapped i guess to some degree in a lot of transactional type relationships most days yeah and and again, I guess this show was kind of born out of trying to end yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, God, there's such a large quantity of transactional relationships in my life now. And I know it comes from the job I do. Yeah. You know, it's just a, a, a byproduct, you know? And just like anything, there's a waste product. And if you don't find a way to use that waste product, the yeah. story I always think of is um, this company I used to do branding for, they made barbecue sauce. And for years, that's all they did was barbecue sauce. But there was always this runoff oil from the mm. barbecue sauce. And it sounds, I know it sounds kind of gross, yeah. but they, they would capture this. And for years, the company just, <laughs> they didn't have anywhere to put it and nothing to do with it. And then they were like, well, somebody one day put it on something. This uh, sprayed it on a salad or something. I don't know. I'm probably telling Ooh. this wrong. But they were like, Barbecue-esque hey, it's actually salad. really good. <laughs> and they started realizing that all these, this byproduct, this waste product actually yeah. had a value. And if they just processed it again in a new way, they made a whole new product out of it and had a whole new market. That's that's interesting that you, you bring that up. One of the things that I, I'm really fascinated with and that I incorporate into my business tea at Walden is transformation and seeing what is what is there, what's easily readily available available to to use and what can you do with it? Yeah. You know, what can you take how can you take that and incorporate it into something that serves a function mm-hmm. that that uh, has a value and that's um that's not always easy I, the the times that we live in they're disposable yeah they're or yeah now yeah, right yeah. we we need it now and once we're done with it that's it it right who cares what happens to it after right but the um the thing with transformation is you can take something and it doesn't have to stay that something you know Mm. we're we're all transforming into something else we're all in the in that process so i started looking at that with paper Mm. and um it started i started decluttering when our second son graduated from from high school and at that time you know you're thinking okay well this time of my life is coming to an end what's next so uh, one one little ritual that i like to do to prepare for that is just clean Uh, okay i i clean and i am ready to take on whatever is coming 
So uh, I was in that process, and I, I, I came across uh, minimalism mm-hmm. and started listening to a lot of podcasts and and different um, theories on you know what it's all about. I, I'm not big into trends and yeah things that are cool now and they go away, and then you're. <laughs> You're stuck, okay, what's the next trend? Where do I go from here? You're letting other people dictate how how you construct your life. So minimalism, it just, basically you, you get rid of the things that don't work for you, that yeah. don't serve you any, any purpose, that don't add value to your life. And I was really captivated by that idea of having only the things that added value to my life. And uh, I found that the more I did that, the the freer my mind became to think of more more creative endeavors, and and um, I just I felt physically better not having the space cluttered, and and I didn't even like to have a lot of things around me. I, I don't like collectibles or lots of pictures and stuff now i do like books i have yeah. a slight <laughs> slight problem with i can relate <laughs> I can relate. but that's another story that doesn't count right so um the when i looked at my space it everything had a a place and i love that that feeling and it mm. it, it brought about a lot of creativity that um, it was just waiting, waiting to have space to come in. Ah, I see. I get you. And it 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 came after after I, I got rid of a lot of things. I donated, gave away, sold, and with that extra money, I started putting it into my garden shed. The went months and months without even going into the garden shed because I was scared of snakes coming through the uh-huh. the uh, hole in the floor and spiders and all the dark corners that I didn't know what was looking at me. So I uh, kind of stayed away from that. But um, in 2017, I started thinking about simplifying and incorporating the ideas of minimalism into my work into uh the rest of my life you know you start evaluating okay is this adding value to my life and is this something that that is important to me or am i just going through the motions Uh, so i i really um backed away from from some obligations i had a, a I still do have a tendency to want to be in everything and doing multiple projects. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that I couldn't really put everything into a project that was important to me. But I had to go on to the next, the next. And, and so all of this, I decided to just simplify and build a business where I could have the flexibility to spend time with my family and 
work on something that really helped people. Yeah. Really, you know, actually helped people, not not in the on paper way mm-hmm. of helping people, just, but you know, making those connections with with people and and taking the time to spend with with my family if they're telling me something i want to be present and listen to them Mm -hmm. and not feel okay after this i have to go do this i have Mm. this and this and then okay that's that's terrible it's it's a cycle yeah yeah, no I i get it i i um yeah, it's one thing to be able to see it. It's another thing to be able to break that wheel and get out of it and change it. I mean, that that takes some. It takes effort. It's not just going to happen. No, and it's. I'm still struggling with that, but I uh, I left left my full time job uh, as an HR manager and started building my business started building my my Walden yeah my, the tea at Walden is inspired by Henry David Thoreau's Walden because he he took he wanted to find out what the essentials of life for him were and to him he had to to break away physically to to be able to do that to get to the meat of of what life is mm. whatever that may be he says whatever that is i i want that yeah so he um built the cabin with his own hands and you know he didn't stay in the woods for two years but but he he built it and grew his food and took time to write to document his his insights um observe nature and once he left there, uh, published published Walden. Uh, I think 1854 around that. I could be could be off a few years, but the um, whole point of that was just to find out what it what it's all about. So I know I found myself going back to different books throughout my life. I've I've always loved books. I <laughs> I read Shakespeare when I was I, I, I don't know. Um, six or seven you know i i didn't understand all of it but, but you I, were still drawn to read i was it. yes i i loved i had books i had paper i had something to write with wherever i went i mm. always had a bag of those things <laughs> yeah i understand still you probably still carry a bag of <laughs> i still things. do i do too i do too yeah. <laughs> it's funny because i i when i leave the house there's two bags i grab and one's got these books that I carry everywhere. <laughs> They've got this certain set of books that I keep. And the other one is sort of what I call my prayer or meditation bag. And it's got some yeah. things in there. If I, if I need to stop somewhere, I can set, just stop and open yeah. that bag and like, okay, I can, it has a singing bowl in there and a candle, uh, my rosary, my, my mala, some you. pictures, you know, yeah. and I go, okay, well, and there's this idea in my head that, and I don't always use it every day. I want to say that, yeah, right. you know, there are days, yeah. but it is a reminder that it's there. It's there. And so, for instance, today is one of the days where I would probably use that because in the <laughs> afternoon I have a meeting and it's auspiciously located near a cemetery and the cemetery is on the way. And I've found a spot in there. I like to go sit for 10 or 15 minutes and yeah. 
it's nice to be able to just sink into that very for a minute. Yes. To know you have the option because I used to yes. not do that. You just blow and go. Yeah. You know, and then the day is melted away and you haven't touched the, I guess, the sacred dimension yeah. at all. I, I actually I felt that um, whenever I decided to make the changes, and I loved what I did. I, I I'm still grateful for that time in all the places where I've been and the people I've met and those connections, I, I embrace all of that. Mm-hmm. But I came to a point when it was not enough for me. And I felt that lack of the sacred. I, I felt that daily. What, sh- what shakes that loose for you then? What, what, what causes this for you in your life? When that happened, you said you hit a point where this happens. You're like, hey, something's got to change. So with the clearing out of the clutter and the, the, the flow of creativity mm-hmm. was, was happening. And I wanted to explore those, those ideas and find out where they led me. Mm. And I would find myself staying up really, really late, making myself go to sleep, but then my mind wouldn't, wouldn't shut off. It hmm. just kept spinning, spinning Going with, with these ideas yeah. and what I could do. And I, I'm a runner as well. Yeah. And so I, I'm not going to miss a run. <laughs> <laughs> so I still have to get up early and, and get my run in, but I would find myself staying up late writing and developing these ideas and running and then going to work and doing all those things every day, every day and and on the weekend trying to catch up and you you don't ever catch up with that. You're you're in this cycle. But I felt this draw to these ideas and I couldn't explore them because I was going into a building in, in the morning and maybe coming out at lunch and leaving at the end of the day with the day gone. Yeah, and I'm describing most people's days. Yeah, mean, yeah, right? yeah. And, and that's just the nature. You have to do what you have to do, you know, to make sure that um, bills are paid and families provided for but uh, I was in that cycle and I was actually in a car accident in 2012 that uh, was pretty serious you know I I almost lost lost my life and uh, coming out of that I wanted what I did during the day to matter to Mm. people to, to really matter. I mean, I, I don't like lip service. I don't like things that look good and don't match the reality. Yeah, of, I get you. I, I, I don't do well with, with that inconsistency. So with that, um, I decided to make some changes, and, and I thought that this would help me fulfill that um but i was finding it it it, like i said it wasn't enough at that time in my life it Mm -hmm. was it it 
served its purpose, but the time was coming to an end for me to, to really see what I could do. You've, you've got one life, and when you go through something traumatic or you have a family member or a close friend that, that goes through a near near death or you're facing your mortality, well, that can't you can't help but think of your own mortality if you see that. And if it happens to you, you it's something that's constantly there. Mm. So I, I really, I wanted to see what I could do. Mm. So I have th- had this idea that I could tell people's stories for them. I hear wonderful stories of people overcoming hardship and coming out and having these lessons. And I would hear them say over and over, I need to write that down. Or I have a grandma or grandpa has all these stories, went through all these things, and I need to write them down. So, you know, if the need's there, (laughs) I love to write. I have a master's in English. Um, Love to sit and talk and hear stories. So I thought I'll tell their stories for them. And I didn't want to just tell their stories and and put it in a Word document and, and give it back. I wanted it to be something that people would actually continue to treasure throughout life. So I had an idea of of uh, creating a, a handmade book uh-huh. and putting the story in there and creating their own book, their own family heirloom with, with these gems in there. Yeah. So the, so they know the connections, where they come from. Yeah. It's value. It's so important. Yeah. And um, that it started with that. So I decided to leave my, my, uh, the, the comfort of a full-time career and uh, <laughs> start on my own. Tiet Walden was born. And um, I, it took a little convincing to get my husband on board. So he oh, said, yeah. well, can you just do that, you know, on the, like side? On the side and 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 get it going first? And, and I I just said, trust me on this. There's there's something here. Mm. There's something here. And I need to, to go all in. And he, he agreed, yeah. and he's he's been so supportive um, throughout everything. But but with this, he 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 trusted me, and uh, so I did it. Yeah, said said I'm leaving, and uh, I wanted to start my business, and I wanted to work closer with healthier Southwest Louisiana. That's uh, another near to my heart part of my life. So I, as a, I've been a board member of that organization for many, many years, but I really wanted to get in there and, and see change to make our community better because I, I've moved around a lot growing up and, uh, the more you move, the more you realize that home is 
is in your mm, heart. Yeah. It's uh, it's with the people around you, and it's you create it. Yeah. And uh, but here, I I love the people here. I'm, I'm from Woodville, Texas. Okay. Texan forever. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but um, but the people in this area, in in this area, I'm talking about. Southwest Louisiana, just Lake Charles and Sulphur and all the surrounding areas. It's the 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 people are so amazing and so supportive and welcoming that I want to stay here. I I have uh, I have my running friends and and my home here and uh, I love it here. Mm. And I I've never had that sense of uh, being settled yeah. and I've been okay with that I I always say that uh, especially with running it it has given me the tools to be comfortable with the uncomfortable mm. because if you know if you're you're okay with that you can handle anything that comes your way mm. any change and I'm happy I know it if you're like me, then you've got a long wish list of things you need to do around your house, things you just can't get to. It's not that I don't want to do them, but between my responsibilities at work, producing this show, and squeezing in some valuable mental downtime, I can't seem to get around to fixing the small stuff, and the big stuff is just waiting in line. To be honest, it kind of stresses me out. Maybe you're stressing out too. Well, stress no more because I've got good news. My friend, Ben Von Duke, has started a handyman service, and he takes the mystery out of getting these things done. Ben Von Duke is not just some guy that calls himself handy. He knows what he's doing, and he knows a whole lot. Not only is he an experienced and professional carpenter, but he's kind of a duke of all trades. What I love is that he's created an a la carte price list of services so you don't have to worry about getting in your pockets too deep before you're ready. He'll fix your running toilet, install appliances, replace fixtures, install ceiling fans, repair sheetrock and concrete, and a whole lot more than that. Look, I'm not too proud to say this, but sometimes it takes me three times as long to fix something because I've got to get online and search videos just to figure out what tools I need. Then I have to go buy the tools that I don't have and then kind of sort of come home and do the job. I don't have to do that anymore because Ben Von Duke will do it and do it better. On top of all that, he's just a good person, someone you can trust. He's honest, he's kind, and those are things that I value highly, and I bet you do too. You can get a hold of Ben Von Duke, the Duke of all trades, the good old-fashioned way, by using the phone. Call or text Ben at 337-540-1355. That's 337-540-1355. One three five five. He'll send you his service and price list, and trust me, his prices are more than fair. And do me a favor: when you do message Ben at three three seven five four zero one three five five, tell him you heard about the Duke of All Trades on Find the Good News. Uh, there was a when I was writing my thesis in. Um, at McNeese in English, I, I, I did some some work looking into Joseph Campbell and uh, the the power of myth. Mm -hmm. And he has this documentary 
that uh, can be found on YouTube, and I highly recommend that. But uh, he he talks about the wheel of fortune, and if Lady Fortune is on your side, yay, the top of the world. You know, right. you're on top of the world. Everything's going well, but it's not always like that. It you know sometimes Lady Fortune is is not, and um, if you're but he says that if you're in the center, if you're aware of those things, the ebb and flow of life and you're the center of that will you stay in one place you you're always centered mm-hmm. regardless of what comes good bad but you're able to appreciate all of it yeah and i always just i i go back to that image of being centered regardless of what comes my way and there's a there's a strength in that and uh a lot of times i find myself talking about these bad things that have happened Mm -hmm. in my life the the car accident um and then two months after i left my full-time job that's when i found out i had stage two breast cancer and uh i had actually found the lump two two years before but I started a new job and you just kind of kept it to yourself I uh, went to the doctor immediately and she said okay well you need to, to go for an ultrasound and they could only see me on certain days certain times and I just I rescheduled and canceled and rescheduled and, and I just like uh, I just said you know I don't have time right now I yeah. don't have time for that so I kept putting it off, and whenever I made that decision to leave and to start my business and to work closer to make changes in my community with Healthier Southwest Louisiana, I uh, knew my health had to be a part of that that change. So I I um, found out that that happened. So I, all these things that have happened. So uh, the the car accident. And also, after a month after the car accident happened, my my father passed away. So sorry. You don't have to say sorry. I look, look. You see this picture in the top corner? That's my father. He passed away three years ago, and I understand. It's when I let myself settle into every memory surrounding him. I mean, it's, there's no reason to say sorry and it's okay to, I was, I was prepared to, uh, to cry. Well, (laughs) feel free because I cry alone a lot because I don't want to, um, make my grief a burden on other people, but, um, I've learned to do that and that's okay. It's quite quite freeing to share it. It is. You know, when, when you realize we all hurt. Mm. And just just knowing we're not alone in that is yeah. is, is comforting. And, and so I've I've wholeheartedly embraced being open about these struggles. So the the car accident, losing my father a month later, um, being diagnosed, 
hey, I've got things to do. I, I don't have time to, to deal with this. <laughs> Yet, I had to make time. You know, all, all those times I canceled the appointment. Luckily, it, it, we, we were still able to catch it in time. I, luckily, it didn't spread. It did, it did uh, spread from the original spot which brought it to stage two, but it, it didn't spread to the rest of my body. But it could have easily, sure, could have easily, because I was too busy. Mm. And, and that realization, though, really impacted me. And I, I didn't, I didn't think it could happen to me. You know, being healthy and eating my vegetables and not having a history of it, I thought. <laughs> I was safe from at least mm. that, mm-hmm. um, and I I was wrong. I was wrong because I the uh, whenever I took the the biopsy and the testing, they call you in to to tell you the results, and and I just thought it was a formality. <laughs> you know, go in, get it taken out, and go on. I've got a business. I'm building a business. I, this is mm. an exciting time in my life. I'm finally able to to delve into these passion projects and to make those connections with people yeah and um the doctor came in and just no stage two ductal carcinoma all these words and i actually thought the day before okay wait what what if it comes back positive so I said, well, at least I'll go in with a notebook. <laughs> and I went alone. Um, my husband uh, was actually asleep from working the night before, and they called me. We've got your results. Great. Be right over. Had my notebook. I thought, you know, <laughs> you never know. So uh, he c- came in with that diagnosis, and my wor- world stopped. And uh, suddenly, I, suddenly I had to make time. And um, I made the decision to do everything in my power with treatment to hopefully not go through that again. But that's something that as uh, a, a young breast cancer survivor that is going to always be there. I have to make room for it. It's, mm. it's, it's. Well, you've got, it's a ghost now. Yeah. Yeah, you're haunted. Yeah. I mean, I heard that somewhere that houses aren't haunted, people are haunted. And I don't remember where I heard it, but it stuck with me. And I thought, oh, yeah, I can, I get that. We're all haunted houses. There's ghosts all inside all of us. And yeah. once something happens to you, you've got, there's a ghost. I mean, I don't know, not literally, but yeah. you know what I mean. I mean, it's there. It's phantom in your life. It's going to be there. I like the imagery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like having ghosts. <laughs> no, but I mean, the point, yeah, but you, like you, things that happen yeah. to you, they, they leave residue they on do. you. They do. You, you bring up the other thing that I love to explore is the idea of how we leave things mm. and what's left behind. Yeah. Yeah. What's left behind because we, no matter how small the the contact there's a change that happens mm-hmm. and um, I, I want I want it to be something 
lasting and impactful and good. Yeah. Of value. Yeah. One of the guests on the show uses used the phrase um, about a meditation, a type of meditation that he uh, was involved in. And he used this term, and it's been stuck in my head ever since. He said it had a durable benefit. And I know that sounds real clinical, but I loved it. And I was like, you know, uh, it, it echoed of some of the things that I've read in um, Shanta Diva's Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, where, you know, there's one of the phrases that says, may anyone who, anyone that encounters me find great value in that encounter, basically, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. I've always thought that was important, you know. It's kind of like when before here. I mean, just I'm going to expose this on the podcast, but you've been sitting here an hour, right? <laughs> right. You got here, and I had, was on a phone call that took an hour that was supposed to take 10 minutes. But I, I think the why I am never good at just turning a phone call into a transaction and getting out of it is because of that sentiment right there. Yeah. I'm engaged with a person, and yes, we're yeah. talking about business things. Yeah. But if they leave that engagement and feel as if it was of no benefit, what a waste of time for both of us. Yeah. You know, and I don't want that. I don't want encounters like that. I don't want to just leave that behind. I want there to be like a drum beat that someone still hears. (laughs) Not because I want to still exist necessarily, but so that there's value there. Because I know people who have passed away. I mean, the truth of the matter is I kind of exposed myself on the last couple of podcasts. (laughs) I didn't have plans on telling that story, but just in a nutshell, there are people that I have never met in this life that have passed away before I got to meet them whose drumbeat I still get to hear to this day in my life. And I think that's beautiful. I mean, power of writing. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. Even small things. Yeah. You know, someone has an, I'll call it a sigil. Let's say you go, you know, there's a flower surrounded around someone's life. And that flower becomes, it was in their life. It's something they were fond of. And then to other people that knew them, it might have just been a flower. No, oh, they liked these flowers. But to you, yeah. it becomes a meditation. It becomes a source of wisdom. It becomes parable. It becomes all these things. And you yeah. go, wow, this just echoes on and on and on. Within this object yeah within this object this this image or yeah the idea of this this something yeah brings all of that for you yeah it carries this gravity of history it carries uh a source it's a source of wisdom a teaching reflection i mean i don't know you name it it's all can draw back to that one thing and that's just that one thing (laughs) Right. You know, and so that's the kind of life I go, well, this person has somebody. I'm, I'm not I'm trying to speaking of somebody particular for me where the life was short. Yeah. But it was very soaked in goodness. Well, you. Right. You talk about a life that's short when. Um, sh- shortly after I started chemo. I. um about a month after I lost lost my little brother um, to alcoholism, and he he struggled with that uh, for a while and and really was doing 
doing really great to quit. And uh, my diagnosis hit him pretty hard. Your diagnosis? My diagnosis. Because I'm the. I took care of my brothers growing up. Mm-hmm. A lot while, while my mom worked, single parent. So I was his second mom. Ah. To, second mom to both my, my brothers. And he, um, so he relapsed. And, and, you know, I don't know the, the details if it was just, I know, it, I know that it's not just my diagnosis that the, the, the problem is, is a lot more, uh, complex than, than that. But I know it was a catalyst because he, he sent me a, a text after, um, he hadn't called me for a while and, and he just apologized and said he was taking it really hard and, uh, You know, I'm I'm like I'm gonna be fine. You know, I'm pretty tough. I can I can do it. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm gonna be all right. Don't worry about me. And uh, he he um was drinking a lot more than he let anyone know. Mm. And um, so I, he. Went to the hospital because his his liver started failing, and a couple, a couple late, days later, we had to make a decision as a family to say goodbye. Uh, and this is something that I so I, I'm multi uh, cultural, I guess. I don't know what you want to call me, but you know, my my dad was. Um, Caucasian and and my mom half Mexican and half Native American and so I've never really been one to fit into any category. I've always been that outside right. for any any of my family members. You know, it's it's a kind of a sucky place to be, but the older I got, it, it's kind of empowering as well because I can come and go into different. Uh, spaces but but alcoholism is something that is prevalent in a lot of native americans yeah family yeah even aboriginals i mean i I used for a while was reading some uh went kind of down a when i was studying religion and spirituality years ago that was one of the little veins i went down and i was surprised to discover so many similarities between the aboriginal plight and the Native Americans, I mean, similar things, uh, alcoholism, drug yeah. abuse. I mean, it's really kind of a burden that's been placed on them. Yeah. They, people still think of you in, <laughs> from history books, you know, mm, yeah. teepees or, I don't know, feathers on your head. And, and it's just, you know, we're walking around everywhere. Yeah. But the, um, so losing my brother, going through chemo. You know, it just echoed back to when I had the accident and lost my dad. So both of these times I'm at one of the weakest moments in my life. And to have it 
to have to lose to lose a a family member as close as a father and a a brother it it can't help but leave a residual with you yeah. it can't help but leave a ghost yeah so you know come at when i finished everything i um had to process all these things you know at the time i've got to i've got to continue and survive it, it the pain was too much to really turn in and look at it it was there but i had to focus on the the immediate mm-hmm. taking taking my treatments and getting through that but um coming out of that i i had to uh start really turning and looking at it that that's always been how i deal with fear uh i, I think it was a, a professor professor writing professor that talked about how you how you can um write scenes that are even more terrifying and it's by looking away Mm, not at the action i see so uh, i i think that the example that was that he gave was uh the film psycho you know the shower scene you don't see the actual action you see everything around it yeah so the unknown that unknown is terrifying yeah and to to take that power away you turn and face it yeah what is this yeah how what is this so that i know how to deal with it so um so that's how i i've had to approach these painful moments in my life so going back you know all these these things that have happened I'm not alone and you know bad things happening to me but but I have some insight going through those things as early as 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 youngish <laughs> as I am <laughs> I'm 41 uh but but going through these things I've been able to get lessons from that and insights that I can offer other people. And I hear people say, oh, you know, uh, some, okay, cancer, cancer saved me or gave me, gave me this and it gave me that. But I, I'm not grateful that those things happened. I would rather a life where they didn't happen. But they did. And what do you do with that? Right, right. You know, right. what do you do with these the, these ghosts and yeah. the the residuals of what's left? Yeah, what can be fuel? Yeah, to like run something or energize yeah, something. It can you can turn it into something. Yeah, that that idea of transformation yeah. comes back. So uh, instead of wallowing in that, because I I really could feel. I think we talked about this um, when we were when yeah, we when we talked last, uh, night, yeah. last time. But uh, the that moment where something is so painful, it has a draw. Mm. It it tells you come stay here for a while. Yeah, you're you're too you're you're too hurt to go out and do anything. 
I've got all kinds of thoughts about that. <laughs> I mean, I really do because I've, in again, I don't like pain fish stories. You know what I mean? I think we even talked about that mm-hmm. last time where it's like, oh, well, let me tell you. You told me what yes. happened to you. Let me now tell you why yeah. I relate in all my pain. So I'm going to yeah, skip all exactly. of that, but just ask you to trust that I do understand because having gone through some similar things, it changes you. But there is some kind of allure to going into that, those wounds. And I don't know. One of the things that I've come away with is that I think it has a lot to do with the ego. Mm -hmm. I think the ego or the I or the me Mm -hmm. is um, on one hand very real because it exists i mean i i am sitting in front of you so yeah and you're sitting in front of me and i have a name and i own things and i do things and i'm gonna have to say i to identify myself to you you know and it's in the language but when i enter into those spaces and allow myself to go through those things or even go back and visit with the ghosts of those things those things are whispering the you that you think is you is not you. It's not you. Right. You're an imposter. Yeah. Who are you really? <laughs> and it's like there's a little voice and it's not seductive in, in a in, uh, in a salacious way. It's peaceful be, to yeah. start to go, okay, who, when I start to contemplate meditate on death, let's say, my, me, yeah. I, physically, let's say, if I were meditating on that, well, what's the value in who I am then and who am I? Yeah. It just sort of opens a door for you what's to begin this all to, about? <laughs> yeah, what is this? And you start to go into that. Once you go in there, um, there's something peaceful about dropping away some of that ego, Yeah, you know? And, and again, it gets into the simplifying your life and going, I have all these things that I've identified as mine and that I work mm-hmm. so hard to maintain and to possess and, what value do they have to the me that I'm really seeking? Yeah. Right. And so then you want to get rid of those things or give them away or give them, right. let them be a value to someone else. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a, such like a, um, a thresher. It kind of shaves off dead skin and, you know, old calluses and just all these things. And then this other you, whoever that may really be, starts yeah. to begin to show its face. And you, I think it, if you're like me, once you meet that person and it starts to feel more like home, yeah, you want more. And then if the place that got you there right. was those things, entering into them becomes a tool. Yeah, definitely. Right? Definitely. I mean, and you, you uh, when, when you accept the you... And all it is, you know, not who you know you could be or will be next week, but who you right. are right now with all the flaws and the right. the good stuff, too. You know, it, when you embrace that, it's empowering because, OK, well, then you don't have to spend the energy right. trying to portray a a certain you yeah i mean it's funny the things that can cause you to contemplate (laughs) this but the other day i was outside in my yard and i was actually visiting with my neighbor and i happened to notice that they had the exact same 
shutters that I have. Cause we both live in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. and we have older homes. And I said, oh, and I was just, we were talking and I noticed other oh, shutters are built exact. They're these handmade old wooden shutters. And I mean, oh. oh, that's interesting. These are the exact same shutters Made I have. Made by the same person? Maybe. And I don't know, but I didn't ask, but I just noticed that theirs were uh, needed a coat of paint because they were talking about painting. And then I happened to look over at mine out of the corner of my eye and I was like, man, ours need a coat <laughs> of paint too. And then I thought, golly, I hate to paint. <laughs> I remember when Michelle and I took those off and repainted them. And then I thought, man, they kind of look exactly like they looked the last time we decided to repaint them. <laughs> and I guess the reason I bring that up is it kind of spun my mind off later into this thought of, I was like, you know, that's kind of what we're doing out here. We're just kind of going, man, the identity I've built, I got to really keep that painted, man. I got to keep that paint up. Got to keep putting new paint on that. And I'm just not so interested in that. I mean, (laughs) as I I get older, especially, I just go, I'm just not as interested in maintaining this, whatever someone thinks I am. I'm just not interested in it. I'd rather not be that and just be in relationship like this across this table and go, well, whoever I am at this table is who I need to be here today because in our conversation, we might discover more of the authentic face, the authentic eye. I'd rather that than showing you the paint, the paint job (laughs) I just put on myself. Yes, exactly. Hand you my business card and say, I'm a designer or whatever. I don't, it's weird. You can ask two different people that question and go, who do you want to be? And then someone, and I think about this sometimes and I'll get different answers. I mean, it might be like, you know what? Yeah. Right now I know I'm just, uh, um, at this level at my job, but someday I want to be the manager and Hey, who knows? Someday I want to be the CEO of my own, whatever. I get answers like that all the time and I'm not belittling those answers because I understand them, but that ain't even what I'm asking. I'm like, Oh, that's not, that's not what I'm asking. You thought I meant who do you want to be based on what you do? Yeah. That, you know, um, what's on your final business card when you go to the grave? <laughs> and I don't mean that as an insult, but it's what a lot of us do, right? Right. We, we I, spend and a I, lot of time doing that. I had, when, when I walked away from the career, I had put a lot of energy into and to do something on my own. I had to leave the the titles and the, that comfort uh, away. I, I had to leave that because when you meet new people, oh, what do you do? That's that's one of the first questions. What do you do? What do you do? And <laughs> for a while, I said, well, you know, I had to go through the whole idea of telling people stories for them, and and then this and and um, you know. By then, I'd lost people's interest. So, you know, I didn't have this this easily readable, readily available title to give them, so that they could put me into this category. And uh, so, I wasn't in any category. And I, culturally, that's kind of who I am. Um, socially. In high school, you know, I, I actually went to four different high schools and uh, was always the new person. Well, that sucks a lot going through that. But one thing that it taught me was the ability to be okay on my own 
without having the those social circles to fall back on and and I found that I was easy to it was easy to go in between those spaces and contribute here and then contribute here but it was freeing it was mm. very freeing to do that and um to leave a to leave a a nice title and the possibilities that that could lead to is a little a little scary you know because you're you're kind of oh okay well oh you're yeah starting your own business you know it's kind of one of those yeah ambiguous things okay it sounds good but yeah yeah you're just you just don't have a job <laughs> right and then people place a lot of value on or, or make draw straight lines to go oh well, I mean, that happens with me. I mean, you know, they're like, oh, this is your business, Parker Brand, right? So you go, well, that's who you are. Yeah. And, you know, in a lot of ways it can be. But at the same time, whether it's successful or whether it's failing, people associate that with who you are. They draw correlations to that and they go, oh, that's a value. Oh, that's not. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, that's something. And it all gets attached to you. Yeah. And, I, and I've... I kind of um, sort of reject that, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I don't ever... It's strange. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but when someone says... Um, uh, especially when they compliment design work that we do. Yeah. I can remember when I was younger, I took... I, I, that felt like something. Like, yeah. oh, wow, man, they like my design. Or someone gave me a compliment. Or uh, someone said, oh, you know, are they getting an award for it? Right. You know, 20 years later. A trophy. A trophy. I mean, look over there. I'm going to tell you, that's full of dust. I mean, those are trophies <laughs> we've won. And I just go, uh, they've all, they, they feel empty. They do. They feel empty. And it's not like a sad emptiness. Like, oh, it's just depressing. Who cares? Yeah. It's sort of like, so what? Yeah. In the end, I mean, is, are you taking those with you? No, and, and nobody <laughs> cares about that. I mean, nobody. No, but it, it's it's not what really matters. No, and it really doesn't. I would so I would rather. Again, the I would rather. <laughs> uh, it'd be very simple. I don't know what what I even care anybody says about me as long as it is a benefit in a positive way. Yeah. Because saying things about people, yeah, it's good that people tell stories. I really believe in oral tradition and storytelling, but at the same time. I think that the value should just be something that's transferable. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can, my son and I were talking about a particular, um, someone that's at his age group at school and it's hard to tell stories sometimes without talking about names, but (laughs) just in in a nutshell, just talking about this really nice home that they've built kind of out in the area where we live and it's on and on about how big it is, how expensive it is, how much yeah. land they've got. And, and, I, and I let him talk about it. And he was, and it sounds like on some level, he doesn't come out and say it, but I can hear it in this tone, like almost a little bit of, um, I wish, wonder what it's like to live like yeah. that. Yeah. And the other, yeah, the, other like, the way man, the others live to just have that and to be like that and have anything you want. Life must be wonderful. It must be. Yeah. And I just tend to immediately go, I, I don't, I don't want to chase that kind of thing. Yeah. And we it kind of generated a conversation that we had on the way to school this morning. I said, uh, he said to me, he asked me if I was excited about something. And I said, <laughs> uh, 
you know, and I was I try to be honest when somebody asks me a question like that because I think things like excitement are dangerous words. I really do. Really, I do. I really do. Yeah, and I mean, I realized it this morning, and it's a it's not an answer that's very popular. But he said, I said, no. I honestly said I can't actually remember the last time that I would classify something I felt as excitement. And he went, what? Hmm. And I said, no. I said, honestly, I think excitement's dangerous. And he, and my poor son, because I'm going, you've cracked open a conversation. Yeah, are, are you getting closer to the school? Yeah, we're getting <laughs> right. to school. And I'm like, you've asked me a question and I've given you my answer. And now my answer isn't what you expected. Yeah. And it generates this other thing. And I said, well, I said, you know, getting excitement is, is excited and I guess I'm thinking about it from youthful excitement. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm so excited for Christmas what's, for what's next. What's, I'm so yeah. excited to achieve this. Or I'm this so excited here. for what's coming or, or what's right around the corner. And I'm always excited and I'm waiting on catching that thing that I'm so yeah. excited because I know, I told him, so because I know everything I've ever been excited for once I caught it was so fleeting. Yeah. It was present then. That moment was nice. Yeah. And then you start chasing that nut of excitement. What's next? What's next? What's next? And I said, you know, for me, I would rather just (laughs) not be excited and just go, if something good happens, that's good. Something bad happens. Well, that's, that's not good. It's bad. And just call them what they are. And he said, well, that's kind of like saying, I don't want to be happy because on the other side of happiness is sadness. I said, Mm -hmm. no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that happiness and sadness are in the extreme far in the yeah. far far right and far left. What I'm talking about is just going sometimes you're going to be happy. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to be sad. But I don't want to chase them. It's that imagery of the wheel of fortune again. Yeah. If you're at the center, you know there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times. Yeah. But all of those things in between that's that's the magic for me yeah. is that that space in between and there between. are all kinds of variables yeah and that yeah. space in between is that's broad life. yeah it's where all everything is is in between both of those things and i'm happy i know you're driving down the road everything is going just fine you're listening to the new episode of find the good news in your car and you're all stoked about trying out this zipper merge thing you've been hearing about when all of a sudden you hear that sickening tap on your windshield that's just a little too loud i've got some bad news for you you've just got yourself a rock chip unfortunately i've got some worse news if you don't take care of that rock chip it's gonna turn into a crack but i do have some good news too you don't have to have a rock chip or a crack because i've got a way for you to take care of it asap If you go to ASAPGlassCo.com right now, you can stop that chip from winding across your windshield like the Calcasieu River. I used to be terrible about getting a rock chip, saying I'll take care of that later, and then later turns into this irritating crack that just spreads from one side of my windshield to the other. I should have taken care of it ASAP by scheduling a repair with ASAP Glass. ASAP Glass is local, right here in Sulphur, Louisiana, and they're mobile. Even better, you can get a quote right from your mobile phone at asapglassco.com. 
ASAP Glass is owned and operated by two of my best friends, lifelong friends, Dan and Kayla Smith. Dan the Glass Man will make sure his team of glass technicians gets to your job ASAP and make sure it's done right so you can keep that windshield crack out of sight. If you do get that rock chip and you don't take care of it ASAP, that's okay. ASAP Glass does complete windshield replacements. Remember, ASAP Glass is mobile, so you don't have to worry about finding time to drop your vehicle off at their shop. You get your quote at ASAPGlassCo.com. Make your appointment with Kayla, and then before long, an ASAP Glass van is on its way to your location. That's it. I know you're probably looking at a rock chip right now. Don't wait. Take care of it ASAP. Go to ASAPGlassCo.com on your mobile device and get a quote. That's ASAPGlassCo.com. And make sure to tell Dan and Kayla you heard about ASAP Glass on Find the Good News. Yeah, I don't know. I was actually thinking about something when you were talking earlier. It kind of it reminds me of... You know, the Buddha's story, which I, I, I love, and it's a great lesson we could all learn from. But you were talking about all these things that happened to you. And I was thinking about, yeah, you know, you've got Siddhartha, this prince who's like, <laughs> oh, life is great. Mm-hmm. Life is good. I've got everything I want. Food, wife, child, everything. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's beautiful. But yeah. then it was like. That's a deception. Yeah. You know, then he goes to the market and he sees old age, sickness, death. And he's like, <laughs> what are these things? Right. And, he, and he was completely. Couldn't come back from it. Yeah. It changed, changed everything. Him. Yeah. You know, and he said, I can't do this. Leaves in the middle of the night and becomes yeah. this great teacher. He left his right? title. Yeah. He left all, all of, those, of the things that came with it. That fascinates me. And in a way, it's like he left the identity. He yes. left the eye yeah. that everyone had told him he had to be. He's a prince. He's this person. And I'm listening to you tell that, and I'm going, <laughs> in a way, we all go through some... We, if, if we're we lucky, do, yeah. if we're lucky, we go through yeah. something like and that, where something goes, I'm, you're faced with these things now. These are the They're part of me. Yeah. They're, so all these things that have happened... I would have been in a different place had they not, but they did. They did. They right. did. So how? What do I do with that? So if if I stay in that place where I focus on uh, why did this happen? Why me? Why yeah. why cancer? Why why did I leave my dad? Why did I lose my my brother? Why did I lose my dad? Why did why did it that accident? You know all these things. Why why and be angry about them occurring? Well, I'm taking time now to focus on those things. My time now can be better spent. What do I do with that? What right. what good can I get from those things that did happen? They yeah. happen. It sucked. It happens. <laughs> yeah. What's well, the oil, right? I mean, I, I, I think about this sometimes. You can get oil out of almost anything. I mean, I watch these people press things for oil, and I go... There's oil in that? Yeah. You know? I mean, like, you never think of it. I know people who are into essential oils, yeah. right? And when they talk about it, I go, wow, the extraction of oil, everything's got oil. Yeah. 
And you know, that's the, but the oil ends up being the thing that carries all the stuff inside, the assen- you know, the, the essentials, essential. right? <laughs> right? And I mean, it's kind of a fascinating meditation and it's what you're talking about. In my opinion, that's yeah. what I'm hearing. I'm going, so I'm getting pressed, I'm getting crushed, I'm yeah. getting pushed on. But what's the essential oils yeah. that are coming out of that, right? That I can, yeah. that carry all the stuff that like, it's trying to make the juice, you know? And then that, that's what Thoreau <laughs> is after with yeah. with Walden so intentionally he knows he needs intentionally to do it and he living, wants the oil and and he talks about wealth and the pursuit of material things and wearing certain clothing cuz you want to portray a certain self mm-hmm. um but once once you get that then it's the other like you were saying it's it doesn't end and and i i have a tendency to whatever i do i want to well what's what's the best how far can i take this and and i actually got into um ultra running because of that i Ah. (laughs) i've um uh done a 39 mile race I didn't run the whole time. I mean, come on. But uh, that's the whole thing with ultra running. You get to get to eat <laughs> cookies and stuff. <laughs> and I don't normally eat that, but on a race, you got to have quick sugar. But uh, it's it's how far can I go? And that endurance is empowering. Because, okay, if I, if I can go this far. Oh, well, let's push it a little further. How fur- how much oh, yeah. further can I go? And and I found myself doing that with school, with work. Meanwhile, family time is going on and and well, I've got to do homework or I've got to study for this certification for this title and and stepping out of all of that was freeing but it was scary because i had to then come up with really who am i Mm -hmm. and um then i was hit with this diagnosis yeah i i didn't have time to really explore the tea at walden that i had in my mind i had to focus on surviving um yeah so you know going through that coming out of it that's when I really started honing down on what I want to do, what I want my life to be about. I heard, a, I don't remember what podcast, but they were talking about, uh, oh, the, they mentioned the, the Dalai Lama. Well, he, he doesn't retire. <laughs> He's not looking forward to this date on the calendar when he's going to retire. Right. Because <laughs> right. he's doing what he... It's his life. It's his life. Yeah. You don't, you don't, okay, on this date, I'm not going to right. do all of these things anymore. I can, I can finally live my life. Well, yeah. you don't know if you're going to get to that date on the calendar. Right. So much can change, and and having that experience twice in my life, where um, hey, it could happen to you. Right. That realization, you know, that it could very well happen to me, and it almost did. But um, 
the uh, the idea of coming back. Uh, what do I? What? Who? What am I about? So, uh, on this podcast, they talked about um, a lot of times if you go back to whatever you did when you were 10, 11, and 12, those are the things that you really want to do in life. Mm -hmm. If you go back to those interests and develop those skills or, you know, follow that, that that's really where your heart is. That's, that's where you want to go back to. Yeah. And uh, so I, I thought about, you know, what, what can I do? What did I do then? And approach it with, if I do those things, then I'll never want to leave those things. Yeah. I'll never have to look at a date on the calendar and think, that's the day I'll start to live. Right. Well, and you know, that's something very... I think I'd like that to come out of what we're talking about because you're getting right into that, especially talking about retirement. It's again, and it gets into that conversation I have with my son. It's chasing the future. It's chasing the next. When retirement comes, I'll do this. And it may not happen. One day. Right. And that's why it's of great value to be able, I think it's practice. And then we have to practice, and I mean, I have. I I know I have to practice mindfulness, and and bringing myself into moments and learning how to do it quickly. Because yeah. if I am going to survive yeah. in the world and and make money and do yeah. the things that it takes to feed and clothe and take care of a family, provide all the things that are required or thought to be required yeah. in the culture we live in, you gotta have them. You got yeah. yeah. That, that I have to take part in that system. But that system's not conducive to mindfulness. No, it's, it's not conducive it's to being more present. what can I what can you do that your value comes from how many widgets? Yeah, transactions. <laughs> transactions. So how can I with practice I have to I and I I have made some successes and some more I wish I could have more successes, but it's like I said, go into that cemetery for yeah. fifteen minutes. Well that's fifteen minutes. And I think you could look at that and go, well, I need to hurry up and get calm and have some moments. But it's take with practice. You can actually yeah. go settle into yourself and feel the breeze and be present for a moment and go, yeah. this is just the same. This is eternity yeah. right here in this little moment. I'm not retired, but there's a great treasure. Yes. In, the, in, in the just little that moments. little moment, you know, sitting out side for 30 minutes in silence or or not even in silence sitting at the table like this one and actually listening to what you're saying instead of waiting for you to give me something with your words right i think it's i am getting something but i'm not over here just trying to take what you're saying right right does it make sense oh absolutely we're here together and this is retirement this is that nut this we're chasing. Is it, this is yeah. that future. The, this is this the is one day. Want. And hearing that from so many people, when when I get here, this will happen. When I make this, I can buy this and finally have the time. It was all of these ambiguous one days that I heard from so many people. And with the with the insight from what cancer gave me, 
or you know that the good that came from that one of the good that it treat chemo stripped me of my identity mm-hmm. so i shortly before that you know i left the career identity that comfort and then shortly after that you know the the physical identity of who julia o'carroll is was gone it was something else it was another it was the space in between i had no hair no eyebrows no eyelashes everything you've identified with as you as me being especially as a woman you know you I still want to be pretty. I still, I still want to be, be a certain something. You know, I, I'm not against you know everything, but, but I still, I, I enjoyed who I was and was comfortable in my own skin in a lot of ways, and that was taken, and I was weakened and pale and sick. You know, mm. cancer is something that you can't hide. You you can't just put away and deal with privately. It you know when you go through certain treatments, it shows in everything, and and people look at you differently. Um, for one, you you see the difference in being just a woman and then just being there what do you mean there's um you know doors are opened uh Uh, okay you know people oh well here you go ma'am you know people are people treat you differently Hmm, there there's advantages to being a woman Mm -hmm. and uh but when when you don't have the the looks uh, to 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 go with it and then and i and i'm not talking you know i'm not saying that it's you know, interesting I, i'm just thinking I, i'm just, man, you're really, you know just <laughs> you're really like on something like with just that. being i'm not saying you know i was beautiful and you know it, it it's just just being a woman um who took care of myself there are certain advantages that you see mm-hmm. okay you go outside of that and strip all of that down you're just there and and you people don't even notice you sometimes mm. and uh there's a freedom in that as well because you're stepping outside of of what women go through mm. you know yeah what, what we go through on a daily basis being looked at a certain way you step out of that and into another because it, it's not not as if i stepped out of being a woman and now i'm a man you know i'm i'm just there and i'm also i was a face of people's mortality <laughs> and that's a that's a whole different topic but but people aren't comfortable with that in a lot yeah. of ways. Oh, well, if it could happen to you. Right. It could happen to me. And that's that's kind of scary. <laughs> well, it terrifies us it terri- because it's yeah. piercing that veneer, that little paint job. Yeah. But when you're that, that reminder yeah. to someone, 
uh, you know, I, 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 it was an, very insightful to be that in that space. And, uh, you know, now my hair's growing back and I've got eyebrows and eyelashes and you think it's, it's bad when you lose your hair, lose your eyebrows, mm. <laughs> lose your eyebrows. You're, you're really gonna, uh, look different, but going through that i was stripped down to the essentials mm-hmm. of me and i had to look at that every day and know who i am inside yes and my to, but to to have my family and friends and people i didn't even know take care of me and having to be dependent on on others is something I've never been comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be the the strong one, and, and I'm I, I embrace that role. But uh, but there's also lessons in being in that weakened state. So having to depend on other people, you you really realize the value of you without the physical attributes. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like who, we've been talking about this a lot, but like really, like who, now that this isn't here and this isn't here and I don't have the hair and the eyebrows and I physically, all the things I used to do, I can't do right now. Those are all the things that were such a big part of the me that everybody knows and the me I was comfortable with. Now all that's not here. Who's who am I? <laughs> who who's the me? Who is who, who am I? I yeah, who you am know? I? So when I looked at what do I want my life to be about? I know that um I went back to people's stories and those lessons and the lessons that I've learned coming out of that being in that space in between. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that won't know that until they're older. That won't know that until they're sick. Mm. But there are lessons that they can learn now to help them really make the most out of where they are right mm. now. And it's it all comes back to slowing down and appreciating the now mm-hmm. in all that it is now all the the ways that it's not right things <laughs> that you're not you may not look how you want to look you may not be where you think you need to be but when you accept the now and you you take time to to really look who's in my life that I can call now uh-huh. Who can I call right now? I can pick up the phone and hear that person's voice. Because that one, there's going to be a day when that will not happen. Right. It will be different. Right. Or yeah, it will be different. It oh, will like, be that's different. interesting, yeah. So I had that with my brother. I, you know, my losing my father, you prepare yourself 
It you, seems to be the natural order. The natural order. Yeah, we're sort of accustomed to believe our parents will pass before us, and then we'll be after yeah. them, and then our children. Yeah. And and that's how it's supposed to be. Right. It sucks when it happens, but you're you're already equipped for that. Losing losing my younger brother, and being his big sister, I felt. Like I failed. Like you failed him? Like I failed him. Like it was your fault? Or that you just didn't work hard enough, try hard enough, that you should have reached him? I should have asked more questions. The um, last time that I saw him, he was, uh, he came over and spent the night and I noticed that he looked swollen mm. and uh, just didn't look well mm-hmm. um, but I didn't ask questions I didn't I didn't press it mm-hmm. uh, so and, and I don't know if that would have made a difference but a lot of times you don't deal with logic but you know what in these the, things yeah I get it because we've been through something like that in our family. So I understand what you're talking about. And I've had similar feelings like that. But what it changed was my awareness. Exactly. And so that'll never happen again. Exactly. And that and that's that's exactly what I'm pulling from that. Yeah. I wasn't aware, you know, I yeah. I took for granted when he called me and, and there you go right your brother becomes a seed now yeah he's like a i mean an actual seed your brother's a life potentially yeah i mean not just potentially is in everything that's happened to you it's a seed yeah. and now everything you're doing he's his, he's got vines and branches growing all inside of you and that's how he continues yeah he, he continues in you yeah that that is the yeah, now we're there because, like, that's what it is, right? I mean, the energy, the fuel, the 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 fertilizer, whatever it is. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, and that's that drum beat. Your brother's drum beat is banging in you yeah. now, and you know you'll do the same. And that that's that's so beautiful, right? I mean, that's that fits so well into the cycles of life that we're so yeah. that we look out there and we see, and that's what you want to touch. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that Tiet Walden became a vehicle to empower other people to slow down and appreciate life and listen to the stories around them, capture the stories around them, capture their own stories. So in comes writing and tea. <laughs> you and I have similar aspirations, I think, in that regard. Not even like that word, really, aspirations. But I think I, I hear a lot of similarities. Because I think listening to you, it's it's I feel similar. Mm-hmm. Stories have so much value. People are books and just whole universes within themselves. And if we share that. Yeah. We you know, all have a story. Yeah. 
And so much can just start to flower out of that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's important to cause, give cause to stop and listen. And it makes me rethink everybody I meet. And you, you were talking about, you know, not having hair and not having your eyebrows and then being a symbol of uh, mortality and people, you know, the way they treat you. And then it got, it's something I struggle with. And I think about it often how we treat people so much of the way we treat people, let me say it like that, is based on their appearance mm-hmm. or our perception. You know, they're a good boy. Yeah. You know, he's a good Christian kid. Yeah. Or um, just all the different things we say. A lot oh, of. Oh, she's beautiful. She's beautiful. Oh, he's she so handsome. And, right. And we treat <sighs> people like that. But then um, I thought about this a few weeks ago. I was with a man that I've been noticing in a grocery store I go to every, every once in a while. I stop in the morning, and he's—I think he's homeless. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, he's, he's got hard luck. Yeah. And so every once in a while, if I have some extra money, I buy him a cup of coffee. But I also noticed a lot of times he's harassed by police, and you know he's, what are you doing here? Why are you loitering? Yeah. It's all this kind of stuff. The guy, and I've talked to him one morning, super friendly guy. But I thought so much of the way he's treated is all about mm-hmm. just the way he looks. Yeah, you know because he's obviously he's he's living on the street. He doesn't have he doesn't look. He looks like he lives on the street, yeah. but people treat him differently. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting too how some people treat him with some pity and then some people treat him with disdain. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating <laughs> based on his appearance alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can interesting. I can see <laughs> that when I was sick <laughs> I think I I, I would have rather been ignored than treated with pity. That's something. <laughs> it's just treat me human. Just, just, I'm still just, the same that's person. That's kind of what I'm getting yeah. at. Like, can't, it, and it's he's very the difficult same person. to do that. To yeah. just go, hey, you're just a person. You know, the outward stuff is not all of it. Yeah, you know? it's not all of it. And, you that's, know, you clean them up and then you could, you no, know, you'd true. see, you'd see a complete... Why is that so hard for us, though, I wonder? I, I do wonder that. I mean, because I find the seeds of that in myself, too. I mean, and some of that's just cultural conditioning that I would love to break and I really do wrestle with. But why do you think we do that? Why, what is it about the outward form of a thing, or a person especially, why do we use that so much to make, I mean, really, it, it affects the way we feel, Yeah. our, our compassion, it takes time to see everybody and and going through life you can't you can't look at every person and and, and follow that path but you can see hey that is a person who matters he he matters she matters and you can treat them accordingly but I, I think it's just innate for we categorize things. We mm. want to understand it, and we're inundated with so much that to 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 take it in as fast as we do, we have to categorize. We have to be able to look at something and put this there and this here. But that that sense of pause 
that uh, original mind, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about. You know, you said it earlier. You know, if we what we were doing, we were ten. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if we could look at it that way, that's hard to do. I mean, I think about that in meditation so often as, as the goal is to try to find the original mind. Yeah. To be able to look at a bird and not think bird. Yeah. Or what type of bird. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Or should this bird be here right now? And what does that bird <laughs> eat? And then all the little you know, waterfall of things yeah. that we're being to categorize. And some of that's just the impulses of the, the brain. Yeah. but. That m- monkey mind. Monkey mind, oh, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it more, isn't that better when you can, you find a truer, yeah. more peaceful self when you can sort of let go of those things yeah. and just go be exposed to it, I guess. Yeah, let let them come to you let, and yeah. recognize that. You can and, see their value, the, the true mm-hmm. value, not the identity of the thing. Yeah. That's hard, though. I get told, like this conversation we're having. I so often hear very quickly this would get shut down yeah. and go, can't think like that. Yeah. You can't think like that. Who can function like that? Right. <laughs> you can't go function in the world like in the world like that. Yeah. Right? I hear that all the time. I mean it's a little disheartening. I if I would say anything depresses me or gets me down more, it's that. That that just I go, oh but but why not? But the uh they're wrong. And they're wrong. You can. And the way you do that is a daily practice of focusing on what's important. And you do, you let, you help people do that with tea. I help people do that with, with tea and writing. Both of those things, just the nature of drinking tea, hot tea. It's, it's hot. You have to, you, you slow down, you sip it, you don't gulp it. You don't uh, pick it up and, and wash it down. <laughs> There's a new study that, that uh, or not, it's not new, but it, I think it ran on, on the news shortly uh, last week that hot tea leads to cancer. Well, it, hot beverages do. The, the study is hot beverages, not I haven't tea seen this. I didn't. Yeah. You don't want to drink it scalding. I mean, that's well, I, I don't kind want to do that sense, anyway. But, yeah, some people do, though. But you you slow down, you sip it. And uh, I love coffee. I, coffee, I, I have coffee in the morning. But when I think of coffee, what that brings to mind is coffee helps me go. Yeah, yeah. Helps me go and do and go 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 Mm. and I can't drink coffee at night (laughs) but tea you can drink tea in the morning you can drink it in the mid-afternoon after lunch you know whenever you want to drink it there's a tea that that you can fit into that part of the day so the daily practice of saying okay this 10 to 15 minutes because that's I'm not talking about taking uh, hours to drink your tea and write, <laughs> but but saying I'm going to take 10 to 15 minutes every day and have quiet. Mm. I'm going to sit here and drink my tea. Is it something about the nature of it? It's mm-hmm. it's it warms you inside. It's the simpleness of 
the the tea coming alive in the water yeah and the the smell and the taste and and it's uh it can just be tea and water you it, sound it like thick not on right now <laughs> yeah, the way no, thank he, you. way he talks about tea i yeah. mean it's yeah it's the whole cosmos is in the cup it, you know? yeah and it's the the ritual not just the tea it's do you have a, a special cup and do you use a certain kettle or do you sit in this place mm. you know it's what you make it uh the now you can get into very complicated complex tea rituals and tea ceremonies and and that's dictated by you do this 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 but what i am all about is the the simple nature of tea and it's what you can make it it can fit the ritual that's right for you it Mm. can you can drink it out of a styrofoam cup you can hopefully remember the environment (laughs) but it but you can you can make it yours you don't have to put on a hat you don't have to right sit this certain way or hold it a certain way just drink it however you want to drink it yeah and uh but but taking that time and research shows that if you want to build a habit you attach it to something you already do and you can start by saying i'm only going to do it a little bit yeah (laughs) i'm only going to take five ten minutes and do this and once you you do that, well, eventually you you gain the benefit, and you want to do that. The habit is built in, mm. but you don't start saying, "Okay, I'm going to to sit and have tea and write for two hours a day." Well, that's not sustainable with everything that we have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So if you, you say 10, 15 minutes, come on, you can do that. You can do that. Right. Look at your day. Look at when the time works for you and schedule that. You put that on your calendar. T, <laughs> my time. Or do whatever you want in that time. But it's, it's when you let other people know you communicate. This is my time to recharge, to refocus, and to just have quiet and to get back to to think about what's important. Mm-hmm. And so that when you do leave that that quiet space and go back into the demands of the everyday, you remember what's important. And if you you build that into your everyday You've got a daily practice where you're you're remembering what's important all along the way, and the days turn into weeks, months, years, and in the end, that's what you're about. Yeah, it's practice, form, habit building. Yeah. You know, like in a family, that's difficult, I think, for different people, because if you don't start that... It's hard to rein that back in. I'll mm-hmm. say it that way. I can give you an example like our family. It's something that my wife and I have struggled with for years. The home that we live in, um, 
the way it is designed, our room is really large. So it's almost like an apartment. Yeah. So it's got, you know, our bed is in there, but then there's also a treadmill and then there's the big TVs (laughs) in there and there's a couch in there. And, but then there's also the living room of our house and all everybody else has their bedroom. There's the communal spaces. Yeah. Well, what we noticed all these years of living there is that our room, because is the place everybody comes to talk, to talk Mm -hmm. about their day, to watch TV, to do, to have conversations about anything. And so it's not considered a sacred split space for she and I. And so what we have noticed is now nobody really uses the living room and nobody communes really around the kitchen table. Everybody Mm -hmm. wants to commune in our room. And so it's our room when you say it, the connotation for all of us is, oh, that's everybody's room. Yeah. So it makes it harder because that habit is now built in yeah. for everybody. If we, she and I said, well, we're going to have some quiet time. Yeah. That's not, it would have to, it would take all this <laughs> retraining for all these people right. in this organism of the family because then they have to go, well, wait, but I've always just kind of popped in there. Yeah. I've got something I want to talk about. And so they all have their spaces they can retreat to their rooms and they go i want to be alone i want to lay in my bed i want to read a book they go shut the door they can do that but she and i don't have that right that sacred space and so we've tried to make that space outside like our front porch you know and we have with our plants and watch of birds and I've become quite fond of burning hand-rolled incense to kind of have... It's my tea, right? So right. when I'm burning this, that means it's a symbol. I, for a while, I would do that by myself. I was like, well, this is a symbol that this is my space, this is my time. As yeah. long as that's burning, that's what's going on. This is quiet, prayer yeah. time, contemplation time. Well, as true to form, my littlest boy, he comes <laughs> outside and he's like, hey, I want to burn an incense stick. <laughs> he, he, he lights it and then he's playing with matches 10 minutes later yeah. you know what i mean and i i go okay here's a moment where i've this thing that was set aside yeah. is now match burning time mm-hmm. and it's like oh y'all are outside well, i'm gonna come outside too and burn matches while we're burn since we're burning things yeah. he's not seeing it as this is a sacred space this is sacred time it's fun time play time everything's play time yeah so I have a job to do at that point, right? Right, because I'm telling you, You've I'm, I'm aware that this is the thing. Yeah. I've got to somehow gently, because I don't want to do it forcefully. Yeah. But say, look, I don't want this to be this way. This space is not for that. This this is not what this bowl of sand. Yeah. If there's something burning in this bowl of sand, it's because it's meant to be respected. Most of the time, when I'm burning an incense stick, it's for someone or someone who. That's my prayer time i'm devoting it to somebody who needs prayer or thoughts or whatever but i'm not fully i may be expressing it to other people but i'm not expressing that to my child yeah right i need him to know yeah so just talking to you makes me real about tea makes me realize the value i have a job i need to do that i need to go look i know you i know you like spending time with dad and mom Mm -hmm. and burning matches but what we'll time for lighting a fire? Yeah, this is not that time, right? And this you can is... set the rules outside of of that space, and he can look at it like when I get old enough, then I can come into that space exactly. And, and I got to do that with that. my older son too. 
because you know i need him to know like hey if you i know you i know you're used to just sort of popping in yeah and we're all of a sudden talking about everything in your (laughs) life but when you see these things these things should be symbols and reminders that this is there's a sacred time now holy time and that's what it's for we have to have a place to set that aside yeah it it, and it's not selfish to say this is my time i've lost myself taking care of Uh, i uh, 100 percent relate to that i I would say that's all mostly all i do yeah because you can give yeah and give and give and give and give and give and it's never going to be enough to to do everything that you want to do to take care of those that you love and you run out sure i mean uh, you can compare that to anything else and it's that way i mean a a vehicle will run Mm -hmm. and the battery you know alternator catches a charge and all of a sudden your vehicle's running well how many times though can it draw off of that battery yeah you know it feels like it's a long time and it feels (laughs) like it's permanent until one day you turn the key and you're like why is my truck not catching a charge anymore? Well, it's time to change the battery. Yeah. But for people, it's maintenance. It's you know, <laughs> yeah, we we do. We you run ha- out. You have to maintain yourself throughout the day. Yeah. You know, you you it's, have it's, to take that time, and you have to say, "This is important to me. I can be better for you." when i have this for me sure and that's i say sure i'm sitting here saying sure and i'm going to tell you i am probably as guilty or more guilty than anybody a lot of people i'm just as guilty as anybody else simple does not mean easy no it's not easy i mean i could yeah i get it my days are filled filled and and even when i do for me what i've noticed and it's kind of strange it's Mm -hmm suspicious auspicious i don't know what the word is but it seems like when i do set aside the time something somehow <laughs> comes in that i didn't expect and and one takes it it's like this sort of uh it's like vultures circling overhead it's and they go digging a hole in bam. water <laughs> yeah and i'm like well how does this seem to happen just as soon as it's right about that time bam yeah and i'm like that is really strange i used to make this jokingly but i underneath when i would say it to people uh i i halfway believed it i really did more than halfway was i was like it's almost like there's these little vortex funnels (laughs) that are just out there just going and and just sensing that is that where the extra salt goes (laughs) yeah (laughs) like something no somehow this uh, a little funnel yeah. knows oh you've made space for yeah. sacredness well let me suck something into that and I for a while <laughs> played a little <laughs> game with myself I said well I'll make those spaces in the waste spaces that nobody else wants Yeah. right uh-huh. nobody wants 3 o'clock in the morning right nobody wants midnight yeah you know and so that actually worked yeah. but that at the same time wasn't sustainable because I still had the day ahead. Yeah, you 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 know, I still had. Yeah, sticking it in the places nobody else wanted Mm -hmm. 
sure I could have those, but then I was tired or, yeah. you know, I said, well, so that's not sustainable. And it does, it did, it worked. I mean, I was like, that's great, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tricky, you gotta, it's a different, it's a different type of work and you gotta want it. That's the you, other thing you, too. I always say that you, you make time for what's important. And, uh, once you decide that this is important and this isn't an option, then space is made. Yeah. The uh, part of tea at Walden is um, is the tea, of course, which uh, helps you slow down. And, and the writing, I I make my own pens and mm. journals. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, that. They, yeah, because if you have something that you got on on Amazon or you bought that from you know Marshalls or something, a, a journal. It uh, it's nice, but it's it's empty in a lot of ways. Sure. It, it's it's made by who knows who knows where, <laughs> and you know that they weren't intentionally making that item with you in mind. Sure. So the the things that I make the pens and the journals they're made with lots of love. I always say that. Um, and I, I taught myself both of those things through YouTube and reading and trying different techniques. And, and I'm no expert at either one, but I can make a pretty, pretty damn good pen in a, in a pretty cool journal. But uh, if you have those things that are special to you, such as this pen or this journal, you're going to want to use those things. They're, they mean something to you. Yeah. And, Sacred uh, items. Yeah. when you see them, they're going to say, hey, remember what's important. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you want to, you want to take that time aside and write, whether it's just writing about your day or writing about something that, uh, you want to get off your, your chest and, and get it out and leave it, you know, whether it's therapy or you're writing a book, it's, um, it's slowing down and doing something that helps you focus on what's important. And so the, the tea and the writing are just two suggestions that have worked for me, that have helped me come back to what's important. So it may not be what works for, for other people. So, uh, uh, the next step of tea at Walden, which I've recently started are the, the tea and talks. Yeah. So, uh, I have my journals and pens and tea at two locations. I'm, I'm here in sulfur at flock of five and I'm also at alligator bites bookstore. Mm-hmm. Book Bites uh, bookstore in Lake Charles. So, and possibly in the near future in Lafayette, oh, looking wow. at, at some things there. But the, the whole thing that I'm doing, it's not, it's different. And so a lot of what I do is just educating people on what T at Walden is and what I'm about. I'm, I, I really want to connect with the individual and show them how you 
practice that daily ritual of appreciation, whether it's tea and writing or it's running or it's walking. You know, you find it for you, but I like to provide the this the the knowledge the the skills that actually help you practice those things not um just i'll live to the fullest well, what does that mean on a daily basis right what what do you have to do in your day to really get the most out of it so that the tea and talks are workshops that i've developed from the the lessons the perspectives that I've learned uh, developing training for employees huh. in, in my career, uh, doing manager training or things that I've read about, learned about and tried and have seen success, but also the from the hardship, the, the heartache, the, those times in my life when I was in that space in between, you know, bringing that that insight into your daily practice. How does that happen? So I, uh, each month I, I'll do a, a, a complimentary tea and talk in Sulphur and Lake Charles to give you the tools to develop your own practice. So the, uh, I've done, I started in February. So February was expressing appreciation and gratitude in the age of busy. Mm, very <laughs> important topic. How do you do that? Yeah. Cuz the busy is not going to stop. Right. You I mean that's find. just uh but you can you can evaluate what's what are you busy doing? What, you know, do a, a an assessment of your time. Where's your time going and looking at those things? And saying that doesn't really matter. I can take that out. I can replace that with this. But incorporating into your schedule, scheduled downtime. Yeah. Just like you would a meeting. Right. And you, you're you not going to blow it off most of the time. If you have it on your, your schedule, you're going to adhere to it. So you put it on your schedule. And you tell people, no, I can't. That's an important meeting See, with that, myself. That's good advice. And that's <laughs> something I've had to start doing because I, there are a thousand invaders. I mean, that are just, yeah. you know, we live in a culture where, well, one of the things that I've stopped doing is uh, giving out my cell phone number to people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's become very common. People will go, what's your cell phone number? And you go, oh, it's a yeah. client. They want my cell phone number. But what has happened every single time? And I mean this with all the love I can muster for people who do this to me, but they don't need my cell phone number. No, they really don't. Cause one thing I've learned is there's really rarely, I won't say mm-hmm. never rarely an advertising emergency, mm-hmm. rarely ever. Yeah. If they, if, if they have my cell phone number, I would hope it would be for something personal. Yeah. You know that, uh, they need a favor. And I, I mean, a flat tire, mm-hmm. I'm being serious. Right. Like, if I give you my cell phone number, it's so you can call me because one, you need to talk, or two, you have a little emergency that I can assist with. I would rather a phone call like that from a client right. than that. What I do get is just inundated with text messages, <clears throat> or any hour of the day, any day of the week, 
if they think about advertising, you know, wanting to talk about advertising. And I'm like, you know, it goes into what you're saying. I'm like, look, the whole world has associates the weekend with Saturday Mm -hmm. and Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, at least in America. Yeah. That's when life happens. Yeah. So we have these days. We have these two days. We can talk about this during the other days. Mm -hmm. And. I've noticed since I've started turning those dials off and no, and it was difficult to do it again mm-hmm. with like my son and mm-hmm. that making that space. I've had to retrain some people That's and right. say, this number isn't for that anymore. Yeah. You can't come. It happened to me a few weeks ago where I, someone I was doing, I was, I had to take off early and to go do something for one of my children. It was something important to them. But I know it, it was like, again, like I said, I'd made that time. I'm mm-hmm. going to be off. I'm not answering my phone. My phone just wouldn't stop going off. And it was one of these false advertising emergencies. And I'm like, this isn't an emergency, but yeah. it's emergency to you. You think it's important mm-hmm. now, but it really isn't something that I can even deal with right now. But they wouldn't stop until I replied. And it kept going on and on. And I said, okay, I've got, to, I have to make an effort to retrain people yes you know and, and you, then yeah. stop doing this yes exactly be, because it's it's in, it's an invasion yeah you it, have it to really be protective is. over that time to some degree and i think i think our culture has moved into this and i hear people that it's like it's a thing that they're proud of yeah. is that it's a 24-hour world you can call me anytime yeah. with any kind of with any and i'm, going, I'm always open always <laughs> on i'm always at yes. work and i'm like why are we proud of that celebrating busy we're so proud of it we're so yeah to say oh i mean i'm gonna tell somebody today they're gonna ask me if i'm busy i know it's gonna happen and i'm gonna say yes because it's true but that just because i'm busy doesn't mean i want a gold medal around my neck for it that's nothing i don't want that i don't mind being busy but i also don't i I want to be able to say this is these are protected times and spaces i laugh because now um i am taking a lot of um i'm doing a lot with healthier southwest louisiana uh, taking on a lot of the initiatives and and if you don't know healthier southwest louisiana what we do is we we're a, a local coalition in the the five parish area that uh works with businesses, hospitals, individuals, anyone who cares about their community and wants to make it better, infrastructure-wise, policy-wise, health, nutrition, to prevent chronic disease. We, we work with all of these agencies and work towards a common goal of laying the infrastructure in this community so that we can live a healthier lifestyle. And that means access to, to, uh, to being able to walk certain places. So, um, bike lanes, um, trails, <laughs> trails where we're, uh, looking at opening the, the trails at Tootin Park, Soon mm. we're working with uh, Irvin, yeah, who was on your podcast. We're we're work, working with him to ha- to have that open because Healthier Southwest Louisiana was a part of that in clearing the trails and and getting access to physical 
exercise and, and just, but you know, not to just exercise, but to have it a part of your life, to, to live healthier, to have parks and to be within walking distance to, to, and to be able to get there safely on your, on feet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you're walking, can you get there safely? Because in the way our communities are built, it's all around cars. The way our buildings are built, the parking's in front. That tells you this is more important. (laughs) Right. Then, you know, this is where our, importance goes to it's getting in a car and driving somewhere and you know i'm not walking on either one of the bridges to get to lake charles (laughs) i'm not against that but um i mean i'm not not saying that you have to walk everywhere but the studies show that your the length of your life is is directly connected to where you live and um you know what we wouldn't give for five more minutes with a loved one sure another day with a loved one yeah well having a healthier community means having the policies in place the systems within institutions or connecting food systems with schools to have the the uh healthy access to 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 good food the environment to live healthier and move more prevents a lot of the, it, it um, leads to a longer life. So where you live determines the number of days in your life. Mm-hmm. That's good for some people, but most people should have a problem with that. They, they should they should not accept that so healthier southwest louisiana and uh i work with john o'donnell and kat molner who is uh, our, our australian <laughs> civil engineer yeah. amazing in so many ways we uh we work with on, on different committees to um make sure that that's at the forefront of new development of uh the conversation when when we're looking at expanding in different ways you know where do we need bike lanes you know because the studies show that when those things are available then you're going to have people using them uh the argument is that we hear a lot of times is well it's too dangerous out there you can't get out there on a bike which you know i I agree with that in a lot of ways but you have to provide the infrastructure and the the bikes will follow yeah you know you you have have to to link build like that's important yeah and we have in the past focused on events where you you get out and you you walk with your local officials and you you do these active things great those i'm not saying anything against that but we're focusing now on policy systems and environment because that is where the 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 lasting changes occur so we we work with anyone who cares about those things and everyone should care about the number of days in their life 
in their loved one's life. That's hard to remind. It's a hard, hard reminder, though. Yeah. I mean, because that is what it boils down to. But that's something that, honestly, it kind of gets back into what I was saying earlier. People will tell you, you can't think like that all the time. <laughs> you can't think like that. You can't think like that. I mean, I hear that kind yeah, of thing. It's like, that's, can't. Well, I can't worry about that. But you, so. Until you can, you know. I mean, <laughs> Until you have to, yeah. Right. I'll worry about that when it's yeah. in front of me or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's, and you, we do, there's a sentiment have time like for that. that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> but we're talking about having that time. Right. And when you work with, with us, you, you don't have to come out and commit to days and you know hours of your life if you know if you have a connection if you know someone who's able to to um build our bridges or you know do something who who wants to volunteer or if you're able to sponsor events you know we or programs um initiatives there's a way that you can help regardless of how much time you have but the uh, the thing is you're directly impacting your community when when you get involved in and not just healthier southwest louisiana but anything in your community that matters to you stop talking about it get out there and, and do something whatever you can with the the time that you have available so you know, that is near and dear to my heart. And then T at Walden, I, I get to connect with the individual and give them the tools to slow down and appreciate what's important. And I think that, um, that they'll meet somewhere in the middle with, with the work with healthier Southwest Louisiana. It's, uh, looking at a broader umbrella of change it's and i'm looking at our communities you know the five parish area because we don't just live in one one space we come and go and we're connected in so many ways so i I'd, i'd love to see people live longer but not just live longer for the sake of of having more days but to to live a, a life with purpose. Yeah, intent. Intent. Yeah, yeah. So that's where I've been able to bring the two together. And that's what I spend my time doing now. And I am a busy person. But it's a, it's a different busy sure. than when I was just busy for the sake of busy. Well, when I was giving away my time. Empty activities that are just, yeah. yeah it's true it's time sucks is what a lot of people call it it's just time sucks i mean i have a lot of those i think a lot of people do where you're just going these are just time drains yeah i see it i mean there's things you have to change like i have one of my new rules a lot of my time um drains or time sucks come from excessive needless communications and i don't and I, i'm big I be, i'm a big believer in communicating i mean <laughs> obviously yeah. i do i think communicating is very important but i think valuable communication communicating with intent yeah um i've watched you know the style of messaging we use with text invade email mm-hmm. you know and become email turns into chat and 
and uh, you end up with 20 communications when it could have been one. And so I've had to set new rules. And one of my rules for 28 for 2019 was, okay, I spend a lot of time re-explaining mm-hmm. through email over and over again mm-hmm. things, details, and projects. So what I've had to do now is say I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to spend my put my energy into a good which I've always kind of done, but now it's like, okay, I'm going to make sure that this communication yeah. has everything in it. That's ex- going to be that's, robust. That's exactly what I'm talking with the, the, the actionable steps. Yeah. You know, that's something that you can practice every day. Well, the catch to that <laughs> is, though, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. See, my, my thing was... Let's say, I'll give you an example. I send you a robust communication. Mm -hmm. It has explanations. It's organized, bullet points. It's not too much. It's Mm -hmm. just it's got what you need. And then the attachments, everything's there. Four emails or five emails later, I'm getting asked questions that have been answered in the first robust email. Used to, I would go, well, let me... (laughs) Go back and re-explain. Per my previous yeah, and email. I know that's a pet peeve with a lot of people, but it's like I'm at a point where I went, you know, I'm finding that that per my previous email yeah. has become the modus. It's the norm yeah. because I'm going. I'm spending all my time, and I'll look at these long email chains, and I said, you know, I'm just not playing this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I have other places, or even if I don't want to do anything, yeah. I'd rather use that time constructively for something else that I'm spending playing ping pong mm-hmm. through email. So I said, you know, one robust, I'm, I'm, I, I will spend the right amount of energy making a good email. Yes. I'm not doing it twice though. Yeah. And I'm not going back to find my old email, highlight the things that I, that are being yeah. asked again. I just will I hate to say it, but it's like, look, everyone can, has all the email softwares, yeah are the same. You can search your email. Yeah. So I'm just not doing that anymore. And I said, you know, it's not to be cruel to whoever I'm communicating with. Right. But it's like, you know, I mean, the information's there. You can access it. I don't need to spend my yeah. time because you end up what it ends up you're doing other people's work for them. Yeah. And so I said, you know, I've got to stop that. I'm helping. I'm making this possible for people to just go, well, I don't have to look. He'll just tell me again. Yeah, yeah just tell me. Yeah. Like I have unlimited hours of time. <laughs> and I said, I just don't have that kind of time. So, and it's not to be cruel again or to be rude. It's more, and to not be, it sounds like I'm saying customer service isn't valued. That's not the truth. I'm saying I'm putting all the value in the first communication. Right. There's great value in that. I'll say it like that. <laughs> like it's highly, to be highly valued. But beyond that, I'm just not going to continue to go yeah. pull myself back into those things. And I think that that may be a, a byproduct of the busy culture. It that, is. That it's, we, it's we're used to that. We uh, we have. I mean, sure. it's, it's it's sort uh, of like an apathy almost. It's like, well, uh, oh, I know you sent me that file, but I don't have time to go look at it. Yeah. So we resend it to me. And if I was you like, have those a... are little micro incisions, <laughs> and you'll bleed to death, you know, over this. <laughs> a little by little. A little by little. Yeah. Feel faint. <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, why is it? Yeah, no, it, it's pretty rampant in our industry, probably every industry, because yeah. when I read articles about it, I find it's it's a it's a plague. Yeah. You know, most people. And what if, what, what could you do with all those little moments of time? that you don't spend 
re-explaining something, yeah. you know? And in those instances, I know I've been on both ends. I've sent the emails and been the one saying, hey, can you resend this or mm-hmm. explain it? Because I remember just being inundated with emails and, oh, yeah, sure. and uh, you you only have so much time to go back and you think, okay, well, I'll go back. If you, you know, see yeah. it's a pretty detailed email, we'll flag it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll flag it. But, yeah. but, you know, how often do you go back and and, yeah. and dig into that? So, you know, it's uh, not necessarily the person. And, and you don't want to be mean, but sure. it's a nature of always being busy. I'm too busy to read all of that. Just tell me. Yeah. See, we, we here have kind of come up with a system that and I think that might be part of the the problem is expectation. I, mm-hmm. I I tend to hold people to a different standard of communication, yeah. and I think that's probably why I get a little bit yeah. have trouble with it because I think communications, especially in our world, if someone's sending you an email, it's because there's an action that needs yeah. to be taken. So that information has to be processed into some sort of actionable form because mm-hmm. as it stands, the email itself is not actionable but there's action steps in there for a team to go move forward so what we have done for years is say okay each email must has to be processed down to Mm -hmm. the raw goods yeah we take out the yeah we take out the niceties we 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 find the key information when something's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be what the message and then we strip that down so the rest of the team doesn't have to deal with the uh all the the muck in the mire right but somebody does yeah. and that's the thing i i feel like in the world that if that if everybody would think that way <laughs> if everybody would just think this way if everybody would go yeah. before i send this communication have i taken out the muck and the mire so that the person getting it has what they need to do what i'm asking them to do because if i'm sending them a mess one you're running the risk of making a mistake mm-hmm. And then I'm take I'm cre- I've wasted my time writing a bunch of things that are unnecessary, and now I've created another loss of time for this person to read things that are unnecessary, mm-hmm. and then do their job, which is to sift out all that through the sand and Sounds get stuff. Completely exhausting. It's very exhausting, <laughs> and it's a huge time waster. And I always say I would love to just give a presentation about this because. I think it, I really do think email's a play. I am going to put you down <laughs> for a future tea and talk. Oh, yeah? Because well, what I do is I, I have the tea where, you know, you can sample different different teas. And and uh, we sit down and we have a conversation. Hmm. And we talk about, so I'll have a, a topic. Um, this, this month is... Um, setting goals setting and achieving goals on things that actually matter yeah and i have have some tools to to do that in uh in may there is where the topic is building connections strengthening connections with friends and family with people we think we know Ah, so even a a child or a spouse or a close friend where you, hey, I know that person, and yeah, you know, but there's always ways to look anew. I agree. That's and something I say on the show <laughs> right. a lot. Is 
we think we know people, yeah. we say, oh, I know him or I know her. Well, really what we mean is I know of them. You know of them. Or I've had yeah. an encounter with them, but do I know them? Just like, and that's again what this yeah. format is for is, well, I, know, I want to know more. I and mean, I think people do, we're hungry for yeah, we're, authentic relationships. And how, how uh, you know, approach it with curiosity. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have a tendency to, to see the the people in our lives that we see on a daily basis and that we're we're uh, related to we're uh, married to that uh, oh I know that person you know and 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 the conversation never gets really even deeper than that you go about your day the daily grind and and um, you know when we get to the end and I hear so often where they're attending a, the funeral of a loved one and and then they realize, wow, this person was about all these other things that I I never even knew. So I hear different yeah. nuggets like that, and I take that, and I, I try to think of how to incorporate that in a, a talk with, with ways of preventing those things from happening. Don't, yeah. don't wait until the funeral. Yeah. Don't wait until uh, it's too late. Mm. Get do something now to really know who's around you. You know, and you, that may mean limiting who's in your who's in your circle, limiting your time. But you can't be everything to everyone. But you, you know, when when you are there. If you clear away all the, the the other things, you can really be there. You can make it count for the, those that you spend your time. And that takes daily practice. And I'm happy. I know it. This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. 
That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. In the spirit of getting to know you better <laughs> and, and to know who you really are, have you have you listened to the, the fishbowl? Yeah, yes. it's that time. Yes. Um, I'm excited to see what you draw out of there. Just so you know what's in there, there are some... Uh, writing prompt cards there okay. are would you rather cards and then there's also the mystery stuff that other guests mm. have added and things i've added in there just little slips of paper so i like the uh the garbage pill kid stickers <laughs> that brings me back to elementary that's school. right we, we talk Bonnie about those Johnny. in our family quite a bit i love them. okay here we go And the winner is... Oh, you got a would you rather. Would you rather explore space or explore the ocean? I was hoping somebody would draw this question. Ocean, of course. I would say I the same thing, man. I need... Give me a beach and a book. I say the ocean, <laughs> too, because... I've, I, I actually read that question when I was putting that in the bowl many months ago, and I thought, you know... What would I say? Because I'm fascinated by both. Yeah. But I think I, I said ocean mainly because I think it's almost sad that we... Uh, it's good that we look out. I yeah. really is. But we haven't fully explored our yeah. own home yet. And I thought, you know, there's... Every time I see documentaries about the ocean, I think, man, there's so much we just... We don't know yeah. that's right in front of us, right here on this little speck. And you can zoom in learn more and you can even keep going and yeah. and and i i really love zooming out or zooming in and seeing yes the same place yeah in those aspects but i i love space too i i <laughs> i actually saw the hubble go by here oh did you Sulfur. yes i i was outside and i had a an app that showed what where oh, the yeah. constellations are when we you use hold one of those it up, too. and uh, I saw something coming, and it was going pretty fast. I knew it wasn't a plane or a helicopter, and it wasn't a star. <laughs> and I thought, is that the Hubble? What? Long time it ago. Can't be, can't be the Hubble. And I put the the app up, and it was. And I was just standing there. It no just one, happened to be at the right. No one was outside with me. <laughs> no one to tell. Look. No, but I just yeah. watched it, and I thought, Wow, we we know how old the universe is because of that. Right. You hear the sirens. Yes. We're sulfur. We all sulfur. we're right next to the fire station, and it's like. I just come running down the street all the time. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, I, I I like looking at satellites. When I was, I guess it was the sometime after the mid '90s, there was a little short period of time where I had lived in uh, Colorado, and I ended up 
I was living with some people at their house, but I was kind of on a little, I guess, a journey, you know. And uh, so I would, I lived in the camper of my truck. That's where I would sleep at night. And the way the camper, it was cozy in there. It was like my little nest. But the way the camper was, I guess, the way the glass in the camper was positioned, there was like a little sliver where I could lay on my back (laughs) and see the night sky. And every night, the way that particular... Uh, camper was positioned and where I would park there was a satellite that would come by at a certain time of night and I would always lay there in my <laughs> little spot and I would kind of wait for it and as soon as I would see it I'd go okay I can go to bed now it was wow. like my alarm clock or my sleep clock but I do remember I tell my kids that I said yeah we'll go outside and look for satellites sometimes and I always think about that how yeah. neat that was just to have that little period of time where it's all I had to do was just wait on a satellite to cross the night sky. Yeah. You tapped into the the natural, the the well, not but fully yeah, natural, like the but cycle, the rhythms yeah. of. And I know with running, we uh, I I run with uh, my friend David Howard here in Sulphur, um, three days out of the week, but two here in Sulphur, and we are out before the the sun comes up, and we have the yeah. we get to experience the day yes. breathe it in and out before it even begins See, so that, it's, uh, i agree with what you're saying that, <laughs> that that's the most precious time is the morning and, yeah, the, and dusk it's, it's there's like, it, it, there's magic in the morning there is it's nice to watch it go to watch it the day be put to bed and it's nice to watch it rise yeah. there's something special about the dawn but to, really to see the moon Mm. certain times when it's full and bright and and, but you can also see venus yeah and uh, a few months ago i don't know i'm the older i get the more it it just feels like oh a few months ago or (laughs) it was three years ago or you know time is a little different but uh venus was in the sky and jupiter you Mm. could see both and uh it's just Wow, those are yeah. two two worlds. I would still choose the ocean. I was about to say, um, for two people who chose the ocean, we sure to talk about space a lot. Can I have both? <laughs> we'll just like we can just yeah. I, I want I want all of it. Anti. <laughs> okay, so I choose another one. Yep, you get three. Three. Okay. Trying to okay. Oh, Trying slip to get paper. something different. There we go. Looks like a fortune cookie. What is your most marked characteristic Hmm. well let's see it used to be my hair but (laughs) (laughs) my most marked characteristic Hmm. so i guess that's what i would be known for yeah my hugs your hugs yeah yeah, I give well, why good hugs. is good hugs, huh? Yeah. I would say, I mean, I haven't hugged you, so I can't speak <laughs> to that. But I was just thinking about that question just as an observer. And I would say it's the way you speak. There's a way of, there's just, you have a particular way of speaking. Hmm. I don't know. I could probably, if I heard you in a group of audio, I would be able to pick you out for sure. Really? Yeah, there's a pace to the way you speak and a particularness to it. Hmm. I don't know how to like describe it. it, but I could pick it out for sure. I think uh, part of that comes from knowing who I am underneath all of it. Hmm. And I, I probably would have spoken. You could probably tell a difference before 
the whole cancer thing uh-huh. and now now I I know who I am yeah <laughs> you know it's a it's different yeah it's different when uh, you know I can understand what you're saying I, I think it's kind of like someone says how are you doing today there's two ways you can answer that yeah. you can go fine how are you <laughs> or you can go well the truth is and tell somebody yeah which one do you prefer i'm i i, I don't you i don't, don't do well with small talk why because uh, the, there's no thought put into it and uh there's so many of those moments that are transactional and that we we do something just because it's it's what you do and you know i still still answer oh i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine you, you, you know you partake but that's not yeah, necessarily there, where you, um, yeah, right. but i i don't prefer that when when i have a chance to make a connection then i i try to even if it's just for a moment um you can see when someone's having a bad day. You can see that without mm-hmm. taking a lot of time. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. You listen. And, and listening to someone says, you're, you're saying you matter. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't know how many times that person's gone through their days without anyone listening and saying you matter. Yes, that's true. And if you can do that in just a few minutes, well, you're getting something out of that more than you're saying, fine, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give them a hug. That's what I, I like to do. If I see they're having a bad day, not trying to solve it is a... Uh, It's hard because I want I want to make things better, but sometimes just not saying anything, listening, and recognizing that person's struggle, and giving them a hug. You can say a lot in a hug that you you can't say in hours of conversation. You can you can say a lot. So. Um, that's my answer. <laughs> All right. Third question. Trying to, oh, what was that one? Okay. Has someone ever given you a last chance and for what? How in the world does this happen? This question keeps coming out of this mm. fishbowl. There's only one. Of, I mean, you can, you can tell there's a lot of stuff in there, but people keep drawing that. Well, I noticed this one was a little bit more. But it is interesting that it keeps coming. I find that fascinating. It's almost like a fortune cookie, like you said. And uh, I do find it fascinating. I've, I've gotten to hear this question asked by different people. I'm, I have some last chance. I uh, probably, but I didn't accept it. Oh, wow. <laughs> So I, uh, so probably, 
But, uh... Do you believe in that? That there's such a thing as last chance? I've never really thought about that before, but yeah, I guess I have, but I mean, I've never asked anybody. And I guess what I mean by that is like, is there a point, is there a place for you like that where you say enough's enough, I'm done with people? <laughs> um, you smiled when I asked you that. <laughs> when I added the with people part. Yeah, because it gets into the core of what you believe probably because overall i'm very positive and uh pro people yeah (laughs) but there is a a part of taking control of your your time and what you focus on is saying no Hmm. and is walking away from people yeah that may only have their own interests in mind. Let me ask you this question then. So you say to somebody, enough, I'm done. Whatever it may be, let's say they're just invading your time constantly. Mm-hmm. It's toxic. Toxic time invaders. That sounds like mm. a, a horror movie. Oh, it uh, sounds like some. we need some scary music. Yeah, toxic <laughs> time invaders or some video game. But so... So somebody is that, is a toxic time invader, and you say, enough, 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 I'm done, I'm walking away from you. That would, You've given them their last chance. Time passes, you haven't engaged with them in a while, they're no longer a toxic time invader, but then you encounter them, mm-hmm. do you give them a second chance? Do you go, well, you know what, maybe they've changed. I, I'm always hopeful. Uh, that the person will come to some realization. But, um, you know, the the nature... So just being positive, I'm not naive to what's, what's out there and how people can treat each other. Yeah. I, I am fully aware of, of, of all of those things and the way... That someone could use me, or has used me, and um, but the the way I would say no more is not with mean with meanness. Mm-hmm. I, I, not saying I haven't. <laughs> Uh, all of the things that I, I've talked about is slowing down, appreciating life, and saying no. I'm guilty still to this day of, of uh, and it's a process. Um, but I would say no more by my actions. Um, I would, I would still. There's the the quote is a. You can. You can uh, be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. I think the Dalai Lama said that. Yeah, I think so. Or Confucius. It's <laughs> something this. like that. I've heard but, that yeah, too. Yeah, but, read but that. be kind whenever possible. It's always possible. It is al- always possible. So it's not always easy. Mm, that's true. Um, but the way I, I think of that is... You don't know what that person's going through, 
what's on their mind that is making them act the way they are. So I, I, tr- I try to understand that, recognize it, and say that maybe this relationship, whatever that is, professional or personal, is, is not right for yeah. us. It's, it's not doing anyone any good. And, and being a, a positive person, just in general, I know that uh, there are people who, who gravitate to that and try to take. And I, I have to be protective over, over that because I, I love to give. Uh, mm. I love to give. But um, I, have to, I have to say enough sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. I do. That's kind of part of why I, it's one of the reasons there's an anchor on the logo for the mm-hmm. show, because I, I've told other people this. I said, I, I can tend to do that yeah. where I throw the anchor in and then the chain starts falling over the side yeah. and I'm in all the way. And before and eventually I'm going to run out of chain. Yeah. It's going to keep dropping. And, and if it does hit bottom before I run out of chain, that's good. I'm mm-hmm. in. But sometimes it's too deep. Yeah. Sometimes the water is too deep and I'll go overboard. You just have to walk yeah. away. Yeah. And uh, I, I still try to think of that person in kind regards and that person positive energy or anything that I may learn or encounter that I think may help. Mm-hmm. I just send it, send it over there. Here, you do with it, whatever. Or, you know, I'd, I'd cut it off. I, going through being sick, you you have relationships that fall and you realize that they're not what you thought it was. They're not as strong as you thought it was. And you have relationships that strengthen and you realize who is going to bring you soup <laughs> when you're yeah. when you can't get off the couch. Right. Um, who who can recognize when you're hurting and you're too proud to say. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? So you know, I I put a lot of energy into trying to keep all of the friendships and everything how I wanted. And I realized after being sick that um, I was putting out more energy than that person may have been putting in. And it, it didn't matter um, as much as I thought it did. You gotta let that go, yeah. you know? Some people, you can't do everything for everyone, but the the ones that are in my life, man, it's... I'm grateful for that, and yeah. that's that's what I appreciate, uh, and I think of that every day. And I'm grateful for you and for this opportunity to. I'm glad you to were be able here. to come. I really am. This has really been enjoyable. Um, sounds like we're wrapping up, but before we well, do, I'm 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 I could I, uh, go all day. <laughs> <laughs> I want people to know how to get in touch with you yes. and how to find you. That's that's the thing I like to land on, so people know. You know, they're going to hear something you're saying, yeah. and maybe they want to go to tea time. Yes, right? of course. <laughs> uh, 
so you can you can find me on uh, uh, com. but the the easiest way is just find me on Facebook like my T at Walden page and I'll post events when I'm doing a tea tasting in Sulphur and when I'm doing a tea tasting in in Lake Charles uh, when the events are uh, you can register you can uh, send me an email at um, t at walden t-e-a-a-t-w-a-l-d-e-n at gmail.com but the easiest way is Facebook I mean just it's the you have a Facebook page. I have a Facebook page, okay. and, we'll put a link and, uh, to it then, and you uh, you can see uh, some of the pins that I've made, and uh, the journals and the 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 tea events. Uh, but um, I would love that. I, I'm almost to 300 likes. Nice. So, uh, but you know, don't like it just for the yeah. sake. Yeah. Uh, if if you are looking for some tools to really incorporate into your daily life and want to uh to to live with intent and you don't know where to start send me a message so uh and grab some tea but i'm also uh my my tea and pens and journals are at flock of five in sulfur and uh if you go in there i mean you you're gonna you're gonna be blown away by the amount of talent locally that have items there. Flockify is is um, different artists and artisans here that have their their things there, and it, it's uh, celebrating the talent that's here locally. So I, I really encourage you. If you're in Lake Charles, cross the bridge. It's not that bad. I mean, I've, no, I've got to go to I got to go to Lake Charles bridge. shortly, just, and I'll. Yeah, it's not that bad. Do it non-peak times, but uh, but yeah, support your local local um, businesses. Warren Parker Brands. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay me to say that, but uh, um, so Flock of Five here in Sulphur, and then Alligator Book Bites in the Transit Building downtown Lake Charles. Go see Tommy Townsley. She is a, an author, a publisher, and the owner of, of the bookstore. You can find my teas there. And in the near future, you'll be able to, to find journals and pens that are inspired by the books that are in her bookstore. So she has a local uh, she's published, helped, helped other people bring their life, their their ideas to life, and uh, into a children's books, into a children children. <laughs> My alphabet's running out. <laughs> I think the uh, into to children's books, and she has those in her bookstore, and uh, you'll be able to to get a, a pen and journal that's inspired by the books there and uh get some tea come see me and uh share your story i've i've uh i've been blown away by the connections i've made since i i made the leap and have decided to make my days about helping others and i've i've received um so much 
uh, because of that. And, and I, I approach that, um, the things that I do with, uh, if you start out with, with a good intention doing for others, the rest will follow. And, um, I, I really appreciate what you do and, and, um, bringing a place to to celebrate the good well i i tell you it's not it hasn't been hard because there are a lot of good people i mean i've gotten to meet a lot of good people and i think i'm gonna i don't see an end in sight to that good ghosts good ghosts (laughs) that's right thank you so much for coming and giving me your time and giving everybody else your time too you didn't have to do that thank you so much Thanks for listening to this episode of Find the Good News. If you would like to advertise on this show or sponsor an episode, just visit findthegood.news. Send me a message and we'll see about getting your business, organization, service, product, or event on the show. I deeply thank each of you again for supporting this podcast.